You're listening to the Piston Podcast, the motoring podcast for the motoring enthusiast, presented by me, Daniel Actaus. Each episode, I dig deep into the world of cars with news, reviews, and other random motor talk. From engine cars to EVs, I'm here to entertain you whilst you're nipping through traffic or even whilst you're stuck at home trying to change your exhaust. But warning, I may ramble on about Fiat Pandas. You've been warned. Anyway, engage launch control. It's time for the Piston Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the third series of the Piston Podcast, recorded today on a Sunday where it's very rainy and very miserable, but it's okay because this is recorded indoors, obviously, on the 14th of March 2021. I'm Daniel Actaus, the host of the Piston Podcast. I've been here since the beginning. If you don't know that, then you might be new, so welcome along to the podcast. If you know who I am, you're obviously a regular, and thank you very much for listening. Just before we get started, remember you can follow me on social media at DanielCarzo5, and you can follow the podcast over on Twitter at Piston Podcast, so you never miss any podcast updates, any quiz questions, which I've just realised again I haven't prepared for, so that again is going to be off from the top of my head, so that's interesting. But yeah, welcome to the show. I understand this is the first episode of the Piston Podcast I've done on my own without a guest in quite a few weeks, because Series 3 has already been quite hectic, I think seven episodes in, including this one. We've had quite a few guests and they've all been really interesting so to kick off this episode I think we should just recap the series and just talk about what we've done in the previous six episodes so maybe after this podcast if you really enjoyed it you can have a listen to maybe one or two more so series three started with episode one at the start of February and that was me on my own I talked about the Citroen Ami um, sort of you know the car share schemes and stuff like that that's interesting if you like chatter about efficiency and stuff like that. Episode 2 was the first guest I had for Series 3, and it was Lewis Mackland, who is a detailer, he cleans cars, he's got an MG3, big fan of British Leyland, two CVs, he's basically like me, uh, but just Scottish. Episode 3 was me on my own again, and I talked about the new VW Golf R, the Mark 8, Tesla's tri-motor, which is the plaid motor. I, I know in that episode I call it the plaid motor. It's plaid, so apologies. And the whole Litchfield saga with um, the, the, the influencer. You, you probably all remember that. The influencer and the Toyota GI Yaris claiming £30,000, something like that. So that's interesting. And then the rest of the episodes were guests. So episode four, I was joined by Simon Browse, who is a really, really lovely guy. So if you want to listen to a podcast, I can really recommend that one, as well as all the others. And me and Simon discussed Arrow Vintage Cars, which is a family-owned business, um, owned but managed by him, should I say. And um, he rents out vintage and classic cars, really interesting cars, I've got to say, for wedding hire, uh, film hire, TV hire, and yeah, it was a really interesting chat. We also talked about car importing, Johnny Smith's Lowrider, Chevrolet Impala, and that went on for about 55 minutes, I think. So, a really interesting chat. I can recommend you have a listen to that one. Another interesting chat, episode 5, was Alan Bradley from the Motoring Podcast, and we chatted all about podcasting, the wonderful world of podcasting, I've got to say, and Toyota Yaris's, because He's had quite a few, and he currently has two in his possession. So there was lots of Yaris chat, so I can recommend that one again. And last week's episode, episode six, I was joined by Ian Soman, who again is a lovely guy, um, as with every other guest I've ever had. They've all been really lovely. And we chatted about motorsport because he's a motorsport commentator and motorsport journalist. So we had a really interest, interesting chat about modern-day F1, uh, motorsporty related stuff, 
So yeah, I can recommend you have a listen to that one as well. That I've been really lucky to have these people on the podcast because they've all had such interesting stories to tell. And if you're a regular listener, you will know that the Piston Podcast tends to be around 30 minutes long. All of these guests have been coming up to about 50, 55 minutes because I just couldn't possibly get everything I wanted to know talked about in 30 minutes. I just thought, you know, these are really interesting guests. I've got to have them at least for an hour, maybe. So, yeah, thank you to the people who have listened to them at podcast, and thank you for the kind feedback, because there's been a lot, especially on Twitter. There will be more guests to come after this episode, I hope. I'm just going to message these people and, you know, get it all together. But anyway, I think we should move away from that completely and get on with some car news, because we haven't done car news in weeks, and a lot has been happening, because obviously... It's still kind of the start of the year, and car manufacturers are going, right, these are our plans. So we're going to kick off with Pagani, who is teased, again, it's 900 brake horsepower V12 Huayra R. Huayra R, it's got a V12 engine, 900 horsepower. That is a lot. And yes, another one, Pagani seems to be saying, right, this is the last one. They've done it with the Zonda, and now they're doing it with the Huayra, and then they keep making more. So there we go, it's, it's a bit of a... A bit of a um, kerfuffle with that. Um, Jeremy Clarkson has recently appeared on a new Drive Try video where he announced some key things, key facts about the latest Grand Tour episode, which will be coming hopefully in a few months, filmed in Scotland. Apparently Richard Hammond has a car accident, uh, they're in American muscle cars, and apparently James May is very boring. So looking forward to that. And to stick to the theme of TV, later on as I'm recording this is the first episode of Series 30 of Top Gear. Very excited. So when this podcast is out, it would already be out. So if you haven't watched it, it'd be on BBC iPlayer and all of them places. And if you have watched it, then you'll know more than me at this point. I'm looking forward to sitting down to watch Top Gear because a lot of people criticise it, but I'm a big fan. So there we go. Um, Lancia and Alfa Romeo will see major investments from Stellantis. Now, Stellantis is funny. You'll know that I think it's the FCA and PSA group uh, have merged. So it's like the Peugeot group and the Fiat group, Fiat Chrysler group. And they've they've merged to make this, this, car, this car sort of, uh, what do you call it, uh, team, car team maybe, called Stellantis. And it's full of a load of car manufacturers. I think it's it could be the biggest one at this point. Now, if you listen to the Smith & Sniff podcast like me, they joke about the name Stellantis being a bit like a club, a bit like a band, and they go, Stellantis. And I now, after that podcast, I cannot read Stellantis without going, so there we go. That's very sad. But there we go. Lancia and Alfa Romeo are seeing major changes thanks to Stellantis. That's good news. And we're going to go on to some sad news now. Um, I'm sure you've all heard the really, really devastating news about Murray Walker, who is basically known as the voice of motorsport. He was a motorsport commentator. Um, and he has sadly died at the age, at the age of 97. Um, he sadly passed away. To be honest, that is a really good age. If we if we think of the positives, and he, he did have a good life, you know, he, he definitely did. You got to see a lot of things in motorsport. And, yeah, he's a really incredible person. So, rest in peace to Murray Walker. I'm sure we can sort of dedicate this podcast to him in one, one way or another. So, there we go. Um, in more positive news, or maybe negative, depending on how you think of electric cars, Mini may abandon the internal combustion engine as early... Um, as 2030, so no more internal combustion engine minis in nine years, possibly. Now, I think that's good, because I think minis really suit electric 
drivetrains. I, I just think it works. I know mini engines are really good. They're very punchy and powerful. We know from experience. We had a 1.6 and it went like absolute hell. It's like a beer was under the bonnet. But there we go. Uh, the electric mini, I think that's really interesting. And I think it's, exciting. it's an exciting future for mini. So there we go. Bojo, Boris Johnson has plans to build a road to unite Scotland and Northern Ireland. So the government's plan is to link both regions um, and it will unify transport in the UK, apparently. That's what the government have said. That's interesting, isn't it? Scotland or Northern Ireland. That'll be um, be good for trade and stuff like that, I'm sure. So there we go. That's to be excited for, but it depends. Uh, it depends if it will happen. You know, it's easy to say these things, but if it happens, it's a completely different story. Mercedes has a secret hybrid AMG in the pipeline. Now, if these rumours are true, that's going to be really good because, again, Mercedes are doing a good job at the moment. Um, so a hybrid AMG, yeah, that'll be interesting. I'm in, I think. Um, I know a lot of people will be really screaming now in in their chairs listening to this because I know AMG's all about V8, duh, 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 which is lovely, yes, but we can't keep doing that at the end of the day. So a hybrid AMG, be interesting to see, won't it, really? Uh, another thing that'll be interesting to see is... Maserati, they've got a new car, it's twin turbo V6 MC20, and apparently it will come with driving lessons. That sounds like fun, doesn't it? I don't know what they mean by driving lessons. Is it like you buy this magnificent MC20 and you get lessons how to drive it right? I'm not really sure, but there we go. Porsche now owns 24% of Rimac. The Germans now own even more of the electric hypercar company Rimac. You all know Rimac, more so after Richard Hammond crashed the Concept 1, on the Grand Tour a few years ago. Now, Porsche owns more of it now, which is good, because Porsche are doing very well. Um, and obviously they own... Uh, they're in the same group, sorry, as Audi and Volkswagen, who are doing really well. And it's funny, actually, because the car I'm reviewing this week on the show is an Audi, it's electric, so sort of fits in with the theme there, but we, that'll be later on, probably five minutes or so. You can now buy Pablo uh, Escobar's Porsche 911 RSR for a measly... $2.2 million. Wow. $2.2 million owned by Pablo Escobar. If, I, if I'm if i honest, I don't really know who he is. And I know a lot of people get really angry when I don't know these people, but at the end of the day, I wasn't around. You know, born in 2005, I've missed a lot of key events. So I just search him up. Pablo Escobar. Pablo Escobar. I've got my PC in front of me. Uh, I've got one recording this podcast now and I've got the other one with um, news and facts on it so there we go and I think the Wi-Fi has actually just chosen this moment to be funny. Uh, Pablo Emilio Escobar Gavira was a Colombian drug lord and narco-terrorist who is the founder and sole leader of the Medellin cartel. Yeah. Um... Right, that's not as expecting, if I'm honest. <laughs> I, I thought he'd be like a racing driver or something, but no. He's a Colombian drug lord. Um, so if you'd like to own a Colombian drug lord's Porsche 911 RSR, then you can for $2.2 million. One of the strangest news stories I th- I've ever read on the podcast, I think. So there we go. Swiftly moving on, I think that's probably best. Uh, Mercedes has shared photos of the upcoming all-wheel drive SL AMG on final winter development drive. Now, obviously, it's got all of the camo wrap on it and stuff like that, but I can see already, it looks pretty decent. And Mercedes SL cars, the AMG ones especially, yeah, 
I can have a few of them, but they're cool. They're very, very cool. A 20-year-old in a $188,000 Porsche does 142 miles per hour and then gets arrested. Um, so there we go, probably probably, just, probably probably rightfully so, because 142 on a public road is a bit bonkers. Um, yes, it's probably fun, yes, but it's still illegal. There's a lot of things that are fun and illegal, and that's one of them. So there we go. Um, there's a new Audi Q9 coming out, and this angers me slightly because the Q range for Audis it doesn't appeal to me at all, and the Q8 is already gigantic. So Q9 is going to be even bigger, I'm guessing. Coming in 2022, and apparently it's perfect for the American audience, so it will broaden Audi's horizons a bit more. Um, but still, Q9, my gosh, it's going to be absolutely humongous. Really Really, really, really massive. Stellantis has announced that Peugeot is officially not coming to the US. Now, I'm sure you've all heard, by the way, with Peugeot, um, Stellantis, sorry, I have to do that now, um, has made a new badge for Peugeot. So Peugeot has a new badge now, and it looks quite fancy. I don't know if it's a bit too complicated for a badge, but there we go. We've got, we got, yeah, we got to see what it looks like in cars first, but I think it'll look fine, to be honest. It looks decent, so there we go. So Peugeot's officially not coming to the US. So it says here, Pour out some wine and leave a baguette at the wharf of your boys from Peugeot. They're officially staying across the pond. There we go. Uh, I got all of these car news from Drive Tribe, by the way, so all of these little quote, funny quote things I read, they're all written by very clever journalists. Um, so there we go. And I think we should finish off car news with the new Jeep Wagoneer. Now, I know I'm talking about cars that you can't see, but just have a search. You know, you can run podcasts in the background of your phone slash PC. Um, or if you're listening from a smart speaker, just go on your iPad or something. Just search up the new Jeep Wagoneer. I, to be honest, I think it looks all right. I wouldn't buy one. But in terms of SUVs and stuff like that, it doesn't look bad. And it's uh, apparently it's the baby brother of the Grand Wagoneer, but they're still quite different. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how different. So I think we should move on now, to be honest. And let's move on to some piston discussion. This is just random pieces of discussion that I feel I need to talk about, whether it's about what I've been doing recently, or about TV maybe, or podcast recommendations. I don't know, just, just random pieces of... Uh, piston discussion flim flam so there we go I think we should kick off with a bit of a discreet plug if I'm honest I've got a YouTube channel right it's called Daniel Drives so if you enjoy this podcast and you enjoy listening to me thank you then do go on YouTube and subscribe to Daniel Drives I've done a lot of videos recently I've been doing weekly uploads apart from this week because it's been pouring it down and I'm not going out in the rain and also I wanted to film um, is powered by electricity, so I didn't really fancy that. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I've, I've uploaded a lot of new videos this past few weeks. I did one, Why I Love the Fiat Panda 100HP So Much. We'll get on to that in a minute. I also did my Tamiya, Tamiya Toyota GR Yaris, which is now built. It's done very well for views. I also did, what did I do? Fiat Panda MOT prep, um, and it failed, but then passed, so don't worry. Um, and a few other videos, so do have a look. Now, the Panda 100HP Why I Love It So Much video, there's a reason I did that, and it's because we've had it for a year. That is absolutely amazing. A year already. I cannot believe that. Uh, uh, wow. Now, loyal listeners of the Piston Podcast will know, will remember when we got the Panda, because I talked about it probably every single week when we first got it on this podcast, talking about, ooh, yes, we went to the shops um, to get some essential items in the Panda, and it's 
still my favourite car. That's basically the entire podcast of early 2020. So there we go. One year of ownership. Very, very impressed. If you'd like my full summary, then you can go check out to go check out Daniel Drives, and there'll be a full video on there. And that's done well for views as well. So thank you for the support. It's much appreciated. Now now we're on the uh, topic of our family fleet, if I can call it that. Um, as well as the Panda, we also have our Renault Scenic, which is a 2010 Scenic. Now that was off the road, and it has been off the road since late October. And that's just because we haven't really needed it. My dad went through a phase where he just didn't drive. So we didn't need it. The MOT expired. Uh, the brakes needed changing. And it was just dumped on the drive. So it was off the road late October. It's now back on the road early March. Wow, it's been a long time, hasn't it? What was that? Half a year, maybe? Coming up to half a year? So I went for the MOT. It failed. Quite a few things. Only a, only a few. Only about three or four things. So after a few hundred pounds of bills, um, it's now back on the road with a clean MOT-ish. Just needs a new brake disc, but we're not going to bother because I don't know if we're keeping it. Um, but yeah, it's now back on the road. So we've, we've, we've got two out of two cars working now, which is good news. And we haven't had that in a while. So, hey presto, that is fantastic news, isn't it really? Yes, it is. Now, I think we should move on to the car review, which is the Piston Podcast Pick of the Week, which I can announce, drumroll please, is the Audi e-tron GT. Now, this is a new car by Audi, and it's an e-tron, it's electric, but if you don't like SUVs, this is the car for you, aka, if you might, if you like me, this is the car for you, because this is a staggering, staggering car. It looks phenomenal really really nice now it's priced from just over eighty thousand pounds eighty thousand eight hundred and fifty pounds but you can spec it i believe right up to a hundred and fifteen thousand so yes it's very expensive but it's a lot of car it's got a dual motor and it produces 469 brake horsepower or with boost mode which is only temporary uh, 530 brake horsepower, so from 469 to 530. Or if you get the Audi RS e-tron GT, that's standard 590 brake horsepower, but with boost mode, 646 horsepower. That is a lot of horsepower, isn't it? It's a lot of horses. Torque is 400, uh, sorry, 640 newton meters. Or if you get the RS model, 830 newton meters. So 200 more newton meters of torque. It's going to be noticeable, definitely. It's Quattro. It's four-wheel drive, obviously. You already knew that. You already knew that. My voice just completely went then. Sorry. That's, that's the thing with podcasting. There's no brakes. you just got to talk forever. It's got a range of 300 miles, which is really decent, I, I think. 300 miles. But obviously, if you're using boost mode and full 646 horsepowers, it's not going to be 300 miles. No, it isn't. It's got the capability of charging at 270 kilowatts, which is pretty decent as I say, that's, that's really good actually, 0 to 60 4.1 seconds, that's using boost mode, but if you get the RS it's considerably less, I believe just under 3 seconds, top speed is 152 for the standard GT or if you get the RS, which is the fast one, could never have guessed 155, so you gain an extra 3 miles per hour, it's amazing, it weighs 2.2 tonnes, which is a lot that is, that is a massive amount, but it's a lot of car. It's got a lot of power to shift that weight as well. It's maybe not a problem. And a lot of the weight is quite low down as well. Centre of gravity is quite low. So it handles quite well. Quite well. I can recommend having a look at the late brake show video by Johnny Smith on the Audi e-tron GT. He floored it around a roundabout and he was impressed of how it handled. It's, I mean, Audi always, Audi's always handle really good. You know that. They're, they're, they're really quite good. And my, my friend Matt, his dad has a Audi A4 Quattro, 2004. I'm going to get this wrong. It's a B... 
Oh, what the what the B codes? Is it B? I think it's a B4 or a B5. 2004, anyway, put, put it that way. And it's a quattro, and it handles... Oh, my word, it's amazing. Your brain just moves. CO2 emissions, obviously zero grams per kilometre, because it's lecky in it. Yes, sorry. Um, it's four-seater. It's got four doors. It's a coupe. Bit of extra information for you. First deliveries are expected in May, so if you order one really early, then might arrive in May. And it's the first Audi RS car available in electric form only. So there we go, it's exciting for Audi. Alternatives consist of the Porsche Taycan, Tesla Model S and the Polestar 2. You know, your your premium electric cars, put it that way, the, the expensive ones. Yes, the very expensive ones. Pros and cons, the pros are the styling. Wow. The designer for Audi actually said it's one of his favourite car designs because it's got no engine. It meant that he had to be or you could be more free with the design, and it looks beautiful. One of the best car designs in a long time, I believe. It's stunning, really, really nice all around. Side profile similar to the Taycans, which is interesting. But there we go. Obviously, they're they're rivals from the same company, being VW and Audi. So there we go. It'll be interesting to see. Um, so yeah, pros, styling, decent range, 300 miles is is really good. That's if you're being you know respectful with the. Uh, with the power usage, and obviously Audi quality. It's going to be good. It's not really going to go wrong. It's an Audi, of course. Cons, it's more expensive than the base spec Taycan, which we're going to come to in a minute. It's not as quick as a Tesla. Obviously, Tesla are always going to be in the lead with acceleration, with the plaid motors and stuff like that. Um, and only four seats for a big car. Our Fiat Panda has four seats, and it's very small. So to have four seats still in a really massive car, it is big, I am not so sure. But anyway, let's come back to this Taycan idea, because the e-tron GT base spec is actually more expensive by about 10 grand than the new base spec Taycan, which has just come out. And I was considering reviewing that this week, but I thought, because in Series 1 I already did a Taycan, it's better to do a bit more variety. So I'm not going to do a full review of that, I don't think. Not just yet, anyway. Um, so this new base spec Taycan, it's rear-wheel drive. It's just called Taycan, but some people call it the Taycan rear-wheel drive. Um, it's a, got a bit less power, so not 16, about 4 seconds or something, but it's de definitely not lacking it. You can still, you know, put your foot down and it will go. Um, I, I, I just think to save 10 grand and to get a Porsche compared to an Audi, I think I would go for the Taycan. And it's also got similar range. So, yeah, I think I would. But it's interesting. I, I, no matter what people buy, they're all going to get the same money because it's the Volkswagen Audi group, obviously. Um, and obviously, w what we discussed earlier on the podcast about uh, Porsche buying more of Rimac, that's going to be interesting as well, because Rimac for technology are really good. So to incorporate that Rimac technology in Porsches and Audis, that's going to be really interesting. Wow, really interesting. I'm mean, looking forward to it. Now, if the Audi e-tron GT isn't for you, and you want something else, fair enough, I've got you back. I'm going to do a top 10 list of electric sports cars courtesy of Autocar, so go and check out the top 10 lists there. And number 10 is the R-Spark Spark Owl. There we go. I've never really heard of it, but it, it does look quite nice. And number 9 is the AC Cobra Series 4, which is going to confuse you. You're going to be like, that. Dan, that is an engine. No. This is a modern-day electric one, so it's been converted, you know, classic conversions. And number 8 is the Faraday Future FF91. What a name. And number seven is the Lunas Phantom V, which again is a Rolls-Royce Phantom, the old ones from the 60s. 
but with a modern day 21st century electronic system, which means it's geared for the future, which is great. Animus Six is the Rivian uh, R1T, which I believe is their pickup, which is which is quite interesting. I'm excited for Rivian to probably come to the UK. Animus Five is the Piniferina Batista, yes, which again is a complicated name. Wonder what country is that from? Were yes. Animus Four is the Remat Concept Two. Which is lovely. Um, I haven't really heard much about it, which is weird, but oh my word, it's quick. Another quick car at number three. It's the Lotus Avaya, which is stunning. Really stunning. Lotus have a very exciting future, I think. At number two, coincidentally, is the Audi RS e-tron GT, the RS one. Please note. At number one is the Porsche Taycan. So even Autocar think the Porsche Taycan is a better option than the e-tron. But that's the more expensive four-wheel drive. I think it's the 4S Taycan. So, yeah. Be interesting to see how actually the e-tron GT standard version compares to the base spec Taycan. I think that'll be a good comparison. So there we go. We'll leave it there. What would I choose? Probably the Taycan. But if I, you know, if if money wasn't an object, I'd probably go for. Uh, and also, practicality wasn't an object. You know, something to have fun in. I would maybe go for, maybe go for the Avaya, just because the Lotus and that's really cool. Or the Rimac. That's quite cool again. It's interesting, isn't it? I'd like to hear your thoughts. You know, tweet at Piston Podcast or Daniel Carzo 5 being myself. Let me know your thoughts. So, yeah, that'll be interesting. Or email thepistonpodcast at gmail.com. There's another option for you. Now, My Way or Highway, if you're, un- if you're unfamiliar, maybe you're a new listener, My Way or Highway is a segment where I talk about a nice road, a nice location. And you can either take my way, which is a nice way, or you can go away and you can take the highway, putting it simply. And this week, my way of highway is the Lake District. You all know the Lake District, don't you? It's beautiful, really nice. It's got thin roads, twisty roads, slippery roads, with uh, wet leaves, obviously, in the winter. It's challenging, undoubtedly. It's really challenging, and it's it's great. It challenges the car as much as the driver. So, yeah, if you're within the law, obviously, then go check it out. It's a lot of fun. There's lots of sights to see. Um, obviously, you can go to Cockermouth, which is a funny name. Um, you can go to lots of places. Obviously, you can stop and see the really phenomenal, beautiful views. Um, obviously, all of the lakes in the Lake District. And if you choose a nice day, which is what we didn't do a few years ago, then it'll be beautiful. We went there a few years ago, and it was chugging it down, which isn't very nice. But, you know, blue sky, maybe even a sunrise. Wow. Yes. That will be quite spectacular, don't you think? Now, I think that's pretty much it, really, for this episode. I do hope you enjoyed it. I've got to try and think now of a Piston Podcast quiz question. Now, the quiz question uh, question is always, if you miss it or forget it, maybe, it's always posted on to the Piston Podcast Twitter page, at Piston Podcast. And then later on on the Monday, when the podcast is released... I always release the answer um, to that question. So it's it's a lot of fun for me and for you. So there we go. And you can get involved and interact. And you can put your answers on a postcard. And by on the postcard, I mean on a tweet. So, yeah, I've got to think of a question now. Ooh, how should I challenge the wonderful listeners? Um, ooh, that's, that's an interesting one, actually. I could actually quiz you on something I talked about on the podcast this week. Ha <laughs> that's a good idea. Wow, that is a really good idea. So, let me think. Um, oh, that's really interesting, actually. Oh, I don't know. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, I don't know. Oh, this is really difficult, actually. 
Um, quiz question. I should I should really start thinking about these before I start recording. That would be ideal. In fact, I'm going to get my book. Hold on a minute. I'm getting. Hopefully, you can still hear me. My sniff petrol boring car trivia books because they're really interesting. You can get more paperback on an ebook, and they're fantastic. Bit of a plug there for Richard Porter. Uh, sniff petrol. I'm gonna have a look now. Just have a look at some facts in the book. Maybe I can read you a couple and then quiz you on one, and that'll be the quiz question for this week. Um, let me think. Uh, okay, oh, I've got the quiz question. Okay, but I'll tell I'll tell you a few other facts before we go. Chinese car buyers don't like new car smells. Um, that is prized in the West. As a result, Chinese car companies work hard to eliminate it, which has led to Geely um, to li- launch a new car, the Icon, in which no glue is used in the construction of the interior. And that's because the glue is a- actually causes the smell that us Westerners like. So Chinese cars aren't, aren't actually made with glue in the interior to eliminate the smell because Chinese people don't like it. So... Um, there we go, that's interesting, isn't it? Um, when Ford engineers told Cosworth they wanted 200 horsepower from a Pinto-based 2-litre engine for what became the Sierra Cosworth, the engine maker replied to the, to, um, the engine maker replied that they might struggle, dot, 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 to keep the power down to that level because the engine would be too powerful for the car. So there you go, that's interesting. And last of all, the quiz question of the week is about the Peugeot 1007. Now, <laughs> the Peugeot, one, Peugeot 1007 came with the electric sliding doors. You all know that. And they thought it would be a cracking idea. And Peugeot hoped to sell 200,000 cars in a year. In the end, fewer than 125,000 were shifted in the entire five years the 1007 was on sale. And the company lost an estimated what per car. So per Peugeot 1007... How much money, in euros, did Peugeot lose? That is this week's quiz question. Uh, The question will be posted on the Piston Podcast Twitter page. And, yeah, tweet me your answers and hopefully you get it right. And there's no prize other than maybe a retweet. Um, So there we go. And you'll be made famous, probably. Um, So there we go. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Piston Podcast. As I said, next week, hopefully, I'll be joined by a guest. I've got to choose which one. Ooh, that's interesting. Ooh. I'll uh, have a look at my list of trusty guests to call upon. And remember, you can follow me on social media at Daniel Carzo5. Follow the podcast as well at Piston Podcast on Twitter. And yeah, I think that's it. Subscribe to the Piston Podcast or follow it or share it, comment on it, review it. Um, leave a positive review, obviously, because it helps. And yeah, thank you all for your support. I know the Piston Podcast has been climbing the automotive podcast charts recently, which is uh, a surprise. So thank you ever so much for all the support. It's it's greatly appreciated. I do hope you stay safe. Remember, drive safely, which is vital. Um, and yeah, the Piston Podcast is out every single Monday to every podcast provider. And, you know, yeah, if, you, if you're a regular listener, you'd already know that. So there we go. Hope you've interested, hope I've interested you this past half hour with some interesting car facts. That's it for this week. I will see you next week. Ta-ta. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of the Piston Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Just before you go, remember you can follow me on social media at DanielCarzo5 and you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Piston Podcast. See you next time for more interesting car chats.